And to explain the process, Bill, it's like smothering warm custard or brulee over somebody, and it's all very well doing that to your wife. But could you imagine, do you want to close your eyes and think of your next-door neighbour, and can you imagine smothering warm custard all over them? Well, it depends what they look like. Welcome to You Are the Guest, a weekly show where you can be the guest and tell people what you and your friends and neighbors think about news events and issues of the day. It's part talk show, part opinion poll, part reality show, and a whole lot of fun. And it's completely dependent upon your participation as a guest. To be considered as a guest for a future show, check out the website at www.youaretheguest.com for details. Now here is your program host, Bill Grady. Greetings from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, and welcome to show 29 of You Are the Guest, the show where we talk to everyday people just like you and me about their lives and about the issues of the day. Our guest today is from Christ Church, New Zealand. Brent, welcome to You Are the Guest. Top of the morning to you, Bill. It is, uh, it's, it's wonderful to hear from you from sunny New Zealand. It's, uh, it's about 20-odd degrees here this morning. Well, it's about uh, 35 here today. When I say 20 degrees, that's 20 degrees Celsius, uh, Bill. So that's I have no idea what would, that would be in uh, in Fahrenheit. Uh, I'm sure it would be a lot warmer than what it is here. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Brent, can you tell me about New Zealand? Because I really don't know that much about New Zealand. Okay. Um, New Zealand is, is situated in the South Pacific. There is a small island called Australia just off the west coast. And uh, New Zealand is made up of three islands. When you combine them, they are around about the size of the United Kingdom. Uh, the United Kingdom, of course, is 60 million people, uh, whereas New Zealand only has uh, 4 million people. So there's not a lot of people down here. And uh, we live in a place called Christchurch, which there's about 350,000 people. And that's the largest town or city in the South Island, which is... Uh, which is, of course, it's very creative in terms of the naming of the islands. But uh, the South Island, like we're on the East Coast, and uh, we can be uh, on the beach in the morning because we're only four kilometres from the beach, and in the afternoon we can go uh, snow skiing in the mountains. Uh, The capital is Wellington, and the largest city of New Zealand is in Auckland, which is right up the top. And essentially our, our weather changes uh, quite dramatically. It's quite warm and, and uh, muggy in Auckland, whereas in Invercargill, which is right down the bottom, it's a little bit uh, chillier and uh, uh, colder because of being in the southern part of, uh, you know, closer to the Antarctic. Please tell our audience about what you do, because you've got a very interesting and unique profession. Uh, thank you, Bill. Uh, our business name is called Naked Art, and uh, it's a business that started five years ago. And well, it's, it's started. Uh, Shirley was in charge of a children's program, Bill, where she had to keep about twenty to thirty children busy for uh, for five days, and she had to come up with a whole pile of different activities. And uh, one of those activities was making Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck plaster cast molds. Have you ever made any of those, Bill? Not for quite a while. I haven't made any Mickey Mouse anything. Well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. I, I guess some people might say what I do every once in a while is kind of Mickey Mouse. So uh, We made these Mickey Mouse and, and Donald Duck plaster cast molds so as the kids could paint them up and take them home. And then what happened was we remember seeing a program uh, on the TV where they made a casting of 
of uh, this, this, this couple. And I always thought that Shirley had a nice bust. And I thought, right, that's what we'll do. Is, uh, after three children, I thought, right, I'd better make a casting of my wife's bust uh, sooner than later before gravity kicked in any further. So that's what we did. Was Five years ago, we made the first one of Shirley. And we hung it on the wall in the holiday home, and the next-door neighbour popped over, and she spotted it, and she said, wow, who's that? And as you can imagine, Shirley sort of proudly sticks out her chest a little bit further and goes, it's me. And uh, so subsequently, she then said, well, wow, could you do one of me? And to explain the process, Bill, it's like smothering warm custard or brulee over somebody, and it's all very well doing that to your wife. But could you imagine, do you want to close your eyes and think of your next-door neighbour, and can you imagine smothering warm custard all over them? Well, it depends what they look like. <laughs> you might have to choose the neighbour on the other side. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the thing is that with a name like Naked Art, uh, there are some element that think it's, uh, or the parent element that think that it's uh, it's disgusting or rude, when in fact, uh, Shirley and I are very conscious about us having reverence for the human forms. So what we do is we employ models now and we make the sculptures from the live models. We market them. We've got galleries throughout New Zealand and Australia that represent us. And like we were in New York in March uh, 2005 showing our work there. But we sell our work all around the world. We've got uh, people that have purchased our work in uh, New York, uh, um, the United Kingdom, Holland, Singapore, Germany. It's uh, it's just amazing where they've ended up going to. And uh, so that's our business. We, yeah, we make sculptures. We make them more, mainly out of gypsum that we import from America. And, uh, but we're now just starting to make some out of solid glass. So if you can imagine the human form, the beauty of the human form, but also with the translucency of glass. It just is an amazing effect, essential ambience, we would call it. From what I've seen of your pictures on your website, it is, it is done very well and very tastefully. And uh, it, it is something to behold. And, and when you sent your, your note to the show and the headline was Naked Art, I'm thinking, okay, it's one of those type of emails. <laughs> but, but actually, it was, it was yeah. really good. It was very good yeah. stuff. No, I think that's the major problem that we have is that the naked art certainly gets the people interested in coming to have a look, but every now and then, because of um, the issues with spam, and I'm not sure as to what your government are doing with regard to spam and trying to uh, wipe it out or, or uh, make it illegal, but um, certainly in New Zealand, people or the, the, the government are trying to make spam illegal. But with a name like Naked Art... It, there is a perception that it's going to be rude or um, illegal, so subsequently we do get blocked by a number of servers. Have you ever heard about the Cardiff Giant? The Cardiff Giant? No, I've never heard of the Cardiff Giant. Please explain, Bill. The Cardiff Giant was a hoax back in the, I believe it was the the late 1800s, and it oh. was this, this giant that uh, P.T. Barnum bought, and I believe the story was that he put it into his his traveling circus show as this giant who had who'd passed away and he had turned to gypsum. And what ah. what happened was that uh, some guys from Fort Dodge, Iowa, uh, grabbed some gypsum from the mines in in Fort Dodge and then they yeah. shipped it off to an artist who who made this carving but I'll oh, I'll put well. up some 
some information about the Cardiff Giant on the link to the show, so you could get some information. But when I was reading your 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 prep work, uh, and you said Gypsum, uh, I was saying I wonder if there's a Fort Dodge connection because in Fort Dodge we have National Gypsum, we have U.S. Gypsum, and we have BPB. So do you use any of those companies okay. to get your Gypsum? We do indeed. We do indeed. We actually import directly from USG. So you could be getting this directly from my hometown of Fort Dodge, Iowa. We're digging up your ground and bringing it to New Zealand and turning it, turning it into work of art, and then we're selling it back to you as a sculpture. I like what you yeah. do better than most people do with the sheetrock. <laughs> it's far more interesting. Shirley's father used to make concrete water tanks. So if you can imagine 5,000-gallon concrete water tanks, and uh, so they're mainly circular, and um, so she's actually, Shirley's got a concrete or a plastering background, whereas I've got more of the artistic sites. But Shirley's father always thinks that our, our molds are way more interesting than uh, his circular molds for making concrete water tanks. So how do you recruit models? Do you just kind of cruise Christchurch and say, hey, you know what, you, I would sure like to uh, make a naked statue of you. Does that work? Yeah, you could... You could imagine me doing that, Bill. We're both in our mid-40s, I believe. And if you could imagine uh, if I was to go up to a young, attractive woman and say, look, would you mind being a naked ma- naked model? You could just imagine that most people would say that, uh, would go away or, or say, you know, or slap my face. So subsequently, no, we, we don't ask anybody to model for us. Uh, in fact, we get up to five girls or five people per week wanting just to be models. Uh, but we did we did advertise once for models, and that was just in a local paper. But uh, we've never needed to advertise since. Uh, we get inquiries all the time wanting to be models, and I think that's a reflection of the sculptures that we create. People can see that we make quality work, and that uh, they're wanting to be uh, they're wanting to be part of the process. How is New Zealand's relationship with Australia? Because to me, it almost sounds like New Zealand and Australia is kind of like the United States and Canada. Is that correct? No, it is very, very similar. And in fact, Australia, if you were to visit there, uh, I remember when you were talking to Leslie uh, in the previous um, uh, podcast that uh, you wanted to visit there, I believe, or somebody you were talking to, uh, you wanted to visit Australia. Australia is very, very similar in terms of uh, being like America in that... um, uh, the politi- uh, the way that they run the politics uh, side of their country is very similar to America, whereas uh, New Zealand is very similar to, to England or Canada. Um, and we're always, because we're so much smaller than Australia, we're always considered to be the, 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 the second-class citizen. And probably, if uh, again, because of the, the power of the United States, I would imagine Canada would probably feel the same way and that, that we're considered the, uh, the poor cousin. What's the big local news story of the day in New Zealand? Well, because of the size of the population, Bill, we actually get uh, news from all over the world. Uh, the, the local news at the moment uh, in New Zealand is, is the amount of fires that are occurring because of the hot winds that we're, we're having through New Zealand at the moment because of the summer. Um, so just uh, local fires is probably the local news. But like we get a huge amount of news from America uh, in relation to the Iraqi uh, war uh, and the amount of people that are being killed uh, uh, there and uh, the, the U.S. involvement there. 
uh, like also we had Howard Stern was uh, on the news just late, uh, recently about the highest paid entertainer in the US. What are your thoughts about his pay packet, uh, Bill? One billion dollars. I think he's overpaid. Just, <laughs> just, just my opinion. I actually thought that they were going to say your name, Bill, when they said the highest paid uh, entertainer. We just assumed it was going to be you. Well, if if I was, I would make sure that I was never in the news because one of the good secrets of, of a good life is never let people know how much money you have. Uh, that's true. Um, the other thing, too, in the news, of course, is the bird flu pandemic, um, which seems to be rocking the, uh, rocking the world in relation to people dying in Turkey and China. Uh, are you getting much news about that sort of thing, Bill? I see it on the Internet a, a bunch. What, what are your thoughts? Well, it's, it's sort of like um, everybody seems to be blowing it all out of proportion, though, in that a few, I think there's six people have died in China. There have been a few people die in Turkey, uh, and uh, they're talking about this flu pandemic that's going to rock the world. And in fact, uh, the U.S. just recently have put forward $2 billion to prepare for this flu. So that's a huge amount of commitment for something that might never happen. Do you think that the scientific community is just kind of jumping up and down because they really don't have anything else to talk about? Uh, that could be part of it. I, I suppose also it's a reaction. Uh, you know, we look at uh, the reaction to 9/11, which was a, a huge, uh, what has been a huge impact on the world today in relation to now. When you get on an aircraft, you go through a huge amount of scanning uh, machines, and when you consider that, what, what was it, uh, four aircraft or five aircraft that crashed on that particular day because of the hijacking? But now, and out of four or five aircraft out of what, 1,800 aircraft in the air at the same time in the US. So a very low percentage. But uh, now everything is being screened. Like even in New Zealand, in, in uh, small flights uh, between towns in New Zealand, they, we still have to go through the same screening. And we've never had anything uh, like hijacking in New Zealand. We're a very, very safe country to come and visit to. So what does the average New Zealander think about America and about terrorism? What, what's, what's the view that you guys have? I think the thing is that we're, we're a very trusting uh, community. We try to treat others as uh, you'd want them to treat you. And subsequently, you know, like it's uh, hitchhikers. We have often picked up hitchhikers uh, on the side of the road and, and you know, taken them somewhere. And in fact, I still remember a couple of hitchhiking girls that uh, we ended up having to stay for three days. Um, and I suppose the thing is that we're a little bit more trusting. Uh, we're not sceptical about what might happen or the bad things that might happen. And I think that that's what we need to focus on is the positives in life as opposed to, like, all the news that you hear nowadays is all about the negatives, about, um, you know, uh, New Orleans and, and uh, the, the time it's taking to get um, uh, that particular part of the country rebuilt. And, and like, yesterday it was talking about uh, divine retribution for the Iraq war was uh, the cause of New Orleans. And I, we, we were going, what? <laughs> Did you hear that? That was the idiot mayor of New Orleans. So, uh, you know, my, my opinion, I think I stated that in two shows ago. No, it was three shows ago, which is, you know, it wasn't the federal government that let these people down, it was the city government of New Orleans. I, I stopped short of saying the guy was a poor leader, 
Now my point is proven. He's an idiot. Yeah. It's, it, we, we are actually quite surprised because we look at the Boxing Day tsunami which occurred in, the, in Asia and a lot of New Zealanders went over to those, those parts of the country uh, to help out and rebuild the buildings and uh, there was a, a news item at Christmas time about that and a lot of those villages have been rebuilt and uh, so that's a year later and they're far further on than what has occurred or what we can see from the news items at least what's occurring in New Orleans where virtually nothing is, 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 uh, is happening to help out these poor people. In your opinion, what could the United States do to rebuild some relationships within the international community? Oh, that is a tough one, Bill. <laughs> I think the thing is that um, I think the major issue, or a lot of people talk about America, uh, and when I say America, it's not Americans, it's America, and that uh, they get too involved with other people's politics. And maybe this is a, a prime example of clean up your own backyard before you start putting your nose into somebody else's uh, into somebody else's uh, uh, country's issues. So, um, so maybe that, if uh, in terms of uh, charity starts at home, or charity, you know, is that the saying that uh, yeah, charity begins at home? So maybe that's what America should do, is focus on what uh, they do best, look after their own, and let others uh, uh, worry about uh, uh, their own country. Do you get a lot of people sending you joke emails from time to time? <laughs> I thought that was the only thing email was for, was uh, to receive joke emails. We actually have a local radio station uh, called The Breeze here in Christchurch, and we've got uh, a friend of ours who is an, an announcer on that particular station. And she gets thousands of emails every week, and most of those are joke emails, and she always forwards those on to us. And I, uh, I must admit, it does take up a large part of your day just replying or or reading some of these joke emails. But the spam is the worst. I don't know about you guys, but uh, we get a huge amount of spam. Uh, probably up to 90% of our emails per day are spam. How about you? Do you get the same? My favorite spam that I get is the one that the, the person is from Nigeria or another country, mm -hmm. and they want me to give out my bank account so they can make the transfers. And what the idiot doesn't realize is that I get six of those from eight different countries a day, mm. it seems like. So I wish I wish these people would just kind of wise up and say, you know, don't bother. This thing's been going around for, for three or four years, and I get so many of them. Why would I even think about doing that? But how, how about you? Do you get the same guy from that, that's we, wanting to, yeah, we, the financial assistance or whatever it is? We do indeed. Virtually every day or every second day we get those guys from Nigeria or the, uh, the latest ones have been out of Holland, which uh, or they say that they're out of Holland. And uh, But uh, when you look at the English and that sort of thing, we realise that certainly they're probably coming from uh, one of the African states, uh, Nigeria and the, and the likes. But um, again, those just go straight into the delete box. But uh, the other ones are Viagra. Do you get a whole pile of Viagra ones as well? Unwarranted so, yes. <laughs> What's the average cost of a piece of artwork that you do, if you don't mind sharing that? 
No, that's not a problem. It, the interesting thing is that when we were in New York uh, and showing our work to various different galleries there, and we were just astounded, and uh, the galleries generally would say things like, sort of, wow, we've never seen anything like you're producing anywhere in the world. And we would then ask the next question, well, what do you feel is, is an appropriate price for the, the, the quality of work that we produce? And their answer was, oh, start off low at around about 8,000 US dollars a piece. The scary part about that is that we sell our work for in New Zealand dollars for average of around about 1,800 to $2,000 New Zealand dollars per piece. And when you break that down into US dollars, that's somewhere in the region of about 1,000 to 1,100 US dollars plus freight, which works out to be about another 500 to 700 dollars, um, uh, yeah, about 500 uh, US dollars. So, yeah, it could mean that you could buy one of our sculptures for around about 1,500 uh, US dollars currently. However, uh, once we start to get representation in New York, like we're just about to send uh, samples to Germany, Israel, we've got four shops in India that want to start selling our work, and uh, you'll start to see the prices uh, get, uh, get up there. Here are the final five questions. What's a body part that you would never sculpt? It's amazing how many people ask us to do male genitalia, and that is it. And subsequently, uh, because of our, uh, our values, it's something that we would not do. Um, and in fact, even when it comes to doing, it, say, a full nude in female, we often sculpt or uh, remove genitalia. Because of the detail of the process, we can capture a huge amount of detail, like every fold of the skin, every fingerprint. So subsequently, that sort of level of detail is not required in the sculpture. So subsequently, we just get rid of it. So genitalia, uh, both in male and female form, would be the thing that we would not sculpt. Do you listen to music while you work? Oh, yes, all the time. Uh, probably uh, at the moment, we've got Michael Bublé, uh, the, the Doobie Brothers. We love listening to the Doobie Brothers. And, uh, of course, you too, out of... Uh, out of uh, Ireland. Any strange requests that you've just said, no, I don't think we'll do that? <laughs> to be honest, we have actually asked, uh, been asked to, to do um, pets and that sort of thing. But the process is such that when we smother the, the person, which is uh, what we call goop, which is actually called prosthetic alginate, which again we import from America, uh, it doesn't go too well in hair. So subsequently, hairy dogs or hairy cats and that sort of thing, it just wouldn't work. But uh, the one thing that we were asked to do just prior to Christmas time, and that was uh, we were asked to do a face mask of a child that had just passed away, and that was uh, the child was only six weeks old. And uh, this process essentially started about 3,000 years ago with death masks where somebody famous would die and they would pour wax over their face. And subsequently, we knew that at some stage in our career, somebody would ask us to make a death mask of, of, of somebody, and we did get that call. And we went along, and we were, um, we were I wouldn't describe, it wouldn't be thrilled, but uh, we graciously took on the project, and we provided it free of charge to this lady who, whose son had just passed away. But it was, a, it was uh, something that you wouldn't want to do on a regular basis, but uh, we knew that it was important to the family to actually have something to remember their son 
and so that's one of the reasons why we did it. Who is a famous person that you'd like to sculpt? If if you could invite somebody to say, "Let me let me do your body," who would that be? Uh, somebody famous, I think probably my wife is going to, surely going to kick me now, and that would be Jennifer Aniston. I think Jennifer is so cute. <laughs> she And she's got a very good figure. But uh, in terms of famous people, we actually don't do famous people, Bill. Uh, the people that model for us are just local girls or guys. Uh, the guys have to be uh, have to work out virtually every day. They, uh, we've found that uh, flabby, uh, flabby male sculptures don't look any good. Whereas with females, we use anywhere from size, um, uh, in America it would be probably size uh, three, I think it is, or three or six or something like that. So relatively small girls right through to quite large sizes, like in New Zealand they'd be up to size 16. And the final question, what's one really good reason why people should visit New Zealand? Probably the scenery is, is one of the, the, the reasons to actually visit New Zealand, but more importantly, uh, Kiwis are, are, are relatively friendly people. And uh, if, you, you know, if you need a helping hand, uh, you will get uh, assistance from most Kiwis. The South Island is far prettier than the North Island in terms of you can see beautiful mountains and lakes um, and fjords. Uh, but probably the scenery and the warmth of the people, uh, and we're already we're always ready to have a conversation, and and uh, yeah, we're always we would describe as a friendly friendly country. Brent, it's time to play Ask Bill Three. This is where I'm going to turn the microphone over to you, and you get to ask me three questions about anything. So fire away. Okay, Bill. What didn't you learn at school but wish you had? I wish I would have studied a different language such as French or Latin uh, at the time I was going to school. At the time I was going to school, I really didn't have an interest in another language, but after being older, I wish I had done that. I wish I'd, I'd okay. learned uh, another language. Well, why? Oh, I was just too impatient. I mean, the only thing that I could think about was uh, sports, um, you know, my, my record collection, and chasing girls. <laughs> That's something that you learned at school, was chasing girls? Uh, unfortunately so, yes. <laughs> we, well, I think we all uh, did. <laughs> I think we did too. I think that's certainly one of the, the non-curricular things that we learn at school, but, uh, but we certainly learn, uh, spend a lot of time doing. What type of motorcycles do you have, Bill? It seems to be one of your, your hobbies, passions. The, the two I have right now is I have a 2004 Kawasaki Mean Streak, which is a 1,600 cubic inch cruiser. And my other one, which is my pride and joy, it's a race bike. It's a 1999 ZX9R, and it's all kitted out. I, I've, I've spent all the extra money with the pipes and the exhaust and, and everything to to shave the size down, and, and uh, it is a rocket on wheels. So do you actually race the bike? Um, not officially for, for a, a long time. I used to take all the, the racing courses and do the track days and all that, yeah. uh, but I haven't done this uh, on this particular bike in, in a long time. I will tell you that from my personal experience, the top speed of the bike is 175 miles per hour. 
So is it something that you want to do in, 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 in the future? I'm to actually race on a circuit? I'm too old. That, that's like, like saying, okay, you know what? <laughs> At age 44, do you want to go play professional football? It, it is so physically demanding. And, oh, okay. and when I was really interested into it, uh, I'd say about eight years ago, you know, I was yeah. lifting weights a lot and, and working out every day. I still do that, but at, at 45, I just don't have the upper body strength to throw okay. around a 400-pound motorcycle for an hour at a time. What's question number three? Um, what would I expect to see or do in Fort Dodge that I wouldn't see anywhere else? Well, you would see the replica of the Cardiff Giant like I talked about earlier yeah, because okay. the, the replica is at the Fort Museum here in Fort Dodge. And the other thing that I think makes Fort Dodge unique that maybe you wouldn't see in, in every other town is that we have a city park for every 800 people in Fort Dodge. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So you can all, the neighborhood almost has their own park. We see that's uh, very similar to Christchurch. Christchurch is known as the Garden City. Uh, we've got uh, Hagley Park, which is H-A-G-L-E-Y, Hagley Park in the center of Christchurch, and it's a huge park. Um, and, yeah, lots and lots of people play sport there. You can play golf in there. And it's just uh, botanical gardens are in there. It's just a very, very pretty place. But, yes, we've got a huge amount of gardens in Christchurch. So when you come and visit New Zealand, um, we can bunk you down in the gallery. We uh, have often people staying in our gallery, uh, Bill. So there's a bed for you here. I'll take you up on it. I promise. <laughs> Is it a promise or a threat? Uh, depending how you look at it. <laughs> uh, I'm actually well-behaved, so I'll, I'll just say that's a promise. Okay, sounds good. Brent, could you tell people about your website and how people can view your art? And if they see something they like, how can they order that online? Uh, yes, essentially if you were to go into www.nakedart, which is all one word in lowercase, .co.nz. So that's a little bit different. So instead of .com, it's .co.nz. And if you click up on the top right-hand corner, you'll see a tab which is got sculptures on it and you will then go into our sculpture page and there's a huge amount of sculptures the major problem that we have in our website bill is that because we create new sculptures every week we're constantly having to update our website so subsequently people can actually send us an email and if they want to see all of our latest work they just drop us an email and say would you like to uh, would you uh, and we can send them our pictures of our latest work and if they're after a particular style or because we not only do male and female, but we do lots and lots of couple sculptures. Um, or if they've got an idea in terms of a private commissions, we can actually produce something specifically for them. But it's just info, I-N-F-O, info at nakedart.co.nz is our email address. And we look forward to, because uh, we send our sculptures all over the world, as I said earlier, and we, we package them in pillows of all things. And so instead of uh, the person having a sculpture arriving in, in bubble wrap or foam or anything, we actually send them in normal bed pillows. So uh, they arrive safe and sound, but also you can actually reuse the packaging. And we'll have a link on our website, so if people want oh, okay. to go right to it, they, they can do it from our website as well. Thank you for that, Bill. Brent, thank you so much for being a guest on You Are the Guest, and good luck with Naked Art. 
Thank you very much, Bill, and thank you very much for the opportunity to actually speak on your podcast. It's, uh, it was a first, and uh, I hope it won't be the last of many times that we'll actually get online with people and uh, we're, we're, uh, yeah, had a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Music from the Golden Gods is coming up after the break. Hi, this is John Bischke from LearnOutloud.com, where people go to enrich their lives and become better at things that are really important to them. One of our titles that I'd like to recommend to you is Bill Grady's audio seminar titled How You Can Create Advertising That Really Works. It's a very common sense approach to answering all the questions that many small business owners have when it comes to doing advertising effectively and efficiently. And the best part about Bill's audio seminar is that it comes with a money-back guarantee. For more information on Bill Grady's How You Can Create Advertising That Really Works, Go to learnoutloud.com forward slash Bill Grady. Learnoutloud.com, changing the way the world learns. If you'd like to be a guest on a future show, just go to our website at www.youwertheguest.com. Submit your first name, the town where you live, and a short description on why you'd make a good guest. There is no charge for being a guest, and you'll have the opportunity to share what you think and how the news and events from today affect your life. The show's producers will contact you by email if you're chosen for a future show. That takes care of the show for this week, and taking us out are two songs from the Poncho Ponsafe Music Network. From the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, I'm Bill Grady. Thanks for listening.
Music provided from the Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com.